I'm going to argue with Jason that there's no such thing as a double switcheroo. Eh, Frank's a loser. Lodero. So I officially hate like 94% of Atlanta fans. Guys, I'm going to make you set down your teacups and take your pinky fingers and put them back into the fist that they need to be in because this has gotten far too cordial. I lost to the freaking cat team. Just a whisker. A whisker of a loss. Was that a rational RSL take from Jason? <laughs> hey, I, I, I'm probably the most rational RSL fan. You just got lawyered by a non-lawyer, bro. Hello and welcome to episode 18 of the 2018 MLS Fantasy Insider Podcast, our review of round 17 and preview of round 18. This episode is brought to you by the new hit reality show, Atlanta and Friends, a.k.a. the MLS All-Star Game? Uh, wait, no, no, no. Uh, actually, as always, this episode is brought to you by the awesome subreddit community of r slash fantasy MLS and MLSFantasyBoss.com. I'm your host, Reed Connolly from MLSFantasyBoss.com, and I'm joined by usual guests or usual regular hosts, co-hosts, Mike Denton and Blaine Riffle. But we'd also like to welcome our special guest hosts, uh, representing DraftKings and, and helping out over there at Rotowire, fantasy soccer analyst, expert, uh, just addicted player, Jordan Cooper. How you doing? I'm doing great. Great, guys. Uh, thanks for coming on the show tonight. Uh, we've got Jordan here. Because uh, there's this thing called the World Cup that's been going on for a while. Uh, I think you guys are all familiar with that, right? Uh, no, I have no idea what. As an American, uh, I have yeah, no yeah. idea what it is. A bunch of guys <laughs> in soccer doing doing stuff, kicking the ball around. Uh, well, about a week and a half ago, we launched our own World Cup fantasy league from MLS Fantasy Insider and Fantasy Boss. Uh, then we also had the MLS World Cup Pick'em League that we launched to kind of help celebrate and and keep that fantasy interest broad and going for those who want to play around with some of the people that they already play MLS fantasy with. So after your first few games with some of these results, I decided that I was just never going to log back into my pick'em team again <laughs> because it's it's nothing. I have nothing going forward. It's It's been crazy, but it's also been enjoyable to watch. And, and that's why we've got Jordan here with us tonight. Uh, this daily fantasy tends to lend itself a little bit better for these large league events, kind of like the World Cup is or or uh, the CONCACAF leagues and, and, and all those things that we have going on, these shorter, shorter, not season-long time type of games. And uh, he's got a bunch of advice that he can help for players who are just uh, not as used to that style, used to more the typical style of game. So let's just jump into things right now. Jordan, uh, what have you been enjoying most about this World Cup? Uh, I, 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 can I start with the list of uh, things that I don't enjoy about the World Cup? Sure. Uh, waking up at like six in the morning every day. <laughs> because that's pretty much what I'm doing because, you know, playing uh, Daily Fantasy, you got to gotta wait for the lineups to come out, uh, the, the, the starting 11s, because you really never want to play a substitute. Uh, and then you know, with Rotowire, we're, we're doing a, a podcast every day featuring, you know, previewing the next game slate. So, like, it, it's been 11 days and it, and it feels like it's been uh, been been a year, I guess. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I, I've been enjoying the most about the World Cup at the unpredictability. The, you know, the Germany game, you know, Sweden goes up one nothing, them faltering, Argentina faltering. And not because I want to necessarily see these teams falter, although in some cases maybe I do. Just it adds some extra intrigue of the, the the round three games where they're both playing at the same time and things actually matter rather than 
having a lot of games where it's like two teams that don't care and two teams that are already through and it's just a matter of who comes in first. And then maybe one team wants to play less because they don't want to play the second place team in the other group. Like, I think there's a, there's a lot more uh, underdog stories, especially in Group H, which is like a, you know, Poland's out. So, I mean, now, like, you're going to get Senegal or Japan through, who didn't expect. So it's like that, that type of drama is, uh, you know, what, what I like the most about this World Cup. It's not as predictable. Yeah, I was actually talking about that today, even for tomorrow with Nigeria, Argentina, Iceland, Croatia. I, I, I know how much Argent- Argentina has been failing, but I they're they're still kind of in it and and Nigeria may not get that second so I mean Croatia could technically I guess if things fell right no I think Croatia's they got six so they're good everybody else is just on one but yeah there's lots of stuff that's that's coming down to this third game and for me at least in general with these big events be it a Super Bowl or World Series whatever but in the World Cup I like it when you have teams that come down to that final game because it makes me at least feel like they should be there because not everybody gets there sore spot still but uh, yeah, I, I love. I had to agree with that. What, what about Mike uh, Blaine? You guys have any else to add about that? Uh, what I've been really enjoying is the late goals. It seems like every game, it's you know the result changes at the last minute. They've generally all been pretty close, except for games that Argentina and Germany have been in. Um, but so I mean, it's been a really exciting tournament. You you know you because most of the time it's they're boring zero zero games or just slogging and then nothing really happens after 90 minutes and then they go it's been a really enjoyable group stage because a lot of teams have been going for it uh, and i think the struggles with a lot of the upper echelon teams have been a real part of that because they haven't been blowing people out the games are close and a lot more fun is a neutral since i'm sadly a neutral this tournament <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm not a neutral this tournament. I'm an Argentina fan, so this one's kind of been uh, gut-wrenching for me. It's been hard to watch. But um, seeing the Can other you root team, for they, Mexico next? <laughs> you going U.S. Or... <laughs> <laughs> not happening on the rooting for Mexico. Sorry, everybody. But, no, I just – Hey, well, no, Vargas is calling. You know, you can, <laughs> you can change that. <laughs> Reed, do we need a new sponsor? No, well, I mean, they want to sponsor us. That's okay. We can get sponsored by Wells Fargo. <laughs> yeah. I'll like Mexico if Wells Fargo will sponsor us. I'll put it that way. Um, <laughs> no, uh, being an Argentina fan, it kind of sucks, but seeing the other teams, big-name teams, struggle a little bit. I mean, Brazil got that first point and really left it late to get the three in the second game. Germany left it late to get their three points in the second game. I mean, just watching some of the other big teams struggle is kind of – it helps out a little bit, but it's also just making the whole thing a lot more fun. Um, I don't think I've seen a double match like today's with Spain and Portugal playing separate, fighting for the top of the group that's it finished that exciting in the World Cup ever, really. I mean, you're down to the last five, seven minutes of gameplay, and two different things happen so that Spain goes top of the group within minutes of each other. I mean, it was just incredible to see there. I'm part of a couple different Facebook communities that were talking about it. And, I mean, it was just back and forth. I was actually sitting at my desk at work, not working, because that was way too exciting. Thankfully, my phone wasn't ringing. So it's just been fun. been just a fun, random tournament and teams that were expected to go through being out after the second game and all that. It's just been a lot of fun for me. Well, it's definitely been a lot of fun for fans, but I can imagine, Jordan, it's been kind of crazy when trying to give advice for just daily fantasy players. Uh, how have you been approaching 
do, getting that advice for reacting to these crazy upsets and, and last minute goals that we've been saying. Well, I, I'm not necessarily crazy about it because typically I'm, I'm the most conservative, like whoever's the favorite, I'm, I'm going after those players uh, because more times than not, they're going to be on the winning side. So uh, some of it has, it, it's been, it's been fun to watch, but not necessarily <laughs> watch my DraftKings scores uh, in the process. Uh, I mean, my, my best day was was yesterday, at least at the time of this recording. Uh, you know, the, having uh, uh, most of my lineups have the John Stones brace uh, kind of helps where you're I'm, I'm just going down. I'm, I, I, I need to grab Harry Kane, uh, who's very expensive. And the only way to fit him in with James is I need to, like, take some cheap center back somewhere in my defender spot. And it's just like, oh, when in doubt, the gruel is when in doubt, take the cheapest center back on the highest favorite that just so happened to be John stones. And he just so happened to score two goals. So, I, so I'm happy. I'm happy right there. But <laughs> would you consider that to be skill or luck or a little bit of both? I don't know. But I mean, the, the concept is still, you know, it just, to, so if Harry Maguire scored those two goals, I wouldn't have been just surprised at those two. I mean, it just, I didn't, he was slightly more expensive. <laughs> it's not like I didn't want to necessarily take John stones, but from a, from a from a DraftKings fantasy perspective, or or any of the fantasy perspectives, the things that that are are you need to look out for the most in in this type of tournament is is more fantasy related in that the games are separated out, and you're not exactly sure who's going to be in the starting eleven, like in the late game when you're like the you have eight a.m. Eastern and then eleven and then two, so you kind of have to plan in advance. You have to think in terms of, especially the round three games, you have yeah. to think in terms of, you, you, I'm going on Twitter. I mean, this is what I kind of do for, for Rotowire as well as uh, DraftKings for uh, DraftKings Live for their uh, their Facebook Live show, is that, you know, like late at night or whatever, like in between these, these uh, game days, I've just been searching on Twitter because there's so many reporters at the World Cup mm. that, you know, maybe someone got some word from training, like not necessarily even at the press conferences, just like here's, you know, we, we saw that that leaked uh, the, the starting 11 for England yeah. training that, that that suggested Rashford would be in for Sterling. It turns out that didn't happen. So you kind of get faked out there. But a lot of times, like uh, today's Uruguay 11, which was kind of weird in like a 3-5-2, like I found out about that at like 11 o'clock the night before. So like planning for those type of things going, oh, Carlos Sanchez isn't in. You know, Laxalt is going to be playing, and they're going to, Nandez is going to kind of be a wing back, things like that. Because that, especially if their games like past like eight o'clock, like if they're the second or third games, where you kind of have to make decisions on, like we saw with with the Poland lineup with no Grzyski, and then Zelinski's in, and most likely Zelinski's going to be on set pieces. Like you could make those decisions. Then I think that that's the most useful part of at least this. And Premier League, it's much different because like at like ten a.m. Eastern. Like there'll be one late game for for a slate, but like you'll have five games off at once, so you get all of them right in the beginning. You get ten teams lineups. So yeah. if, there, if there are any surprises, you could just see it right there. Here, the real big challenge is planning for pivots and for people that are not used to playing uh, fantasy soccer in general. I mean, you even see it in you know FMLS with uh, you know the the, the like, what do you the switcheroo? Yeah. Right, you you do things like that. You play a bench player, but your your guy is going to come in if this guy doesn't get because you know he's going to sit because it's a double game week. So you put him in, but you know your bench player could come in. I, I know, I trust me, I, I know all the 
all the tricks of the the season long type of game. But that applies even to a one day daily fantasy contest like on DraftKings. So walk us through. So, go ahead. I guess the one comment I make from what you said is I think it's definitely skill from some of those tactics, like grabbing the the cheapest center back. That's definitely skill, uh, but then luck for the actual result that it gets. So I, I would definitely go with a combination there for for your results with that brace. Uh, but walk us through any other general methods you have for, or just even rules of thumb that you have for picking players or the stats you might look for just to make that lineup. Uh, how do you narrow down those four or eight teams to the, to the, the small roster with that budget that you have? Okay, well, I mean, there's a, there's a pretty simple, basic approach. There's advanced construction methods that, you know, that's a good thing to tune into Dia, DraftKings Live, or, or Rotowire Podcast for. But for the main things, uh, in soccer, the teams that are more favored are going to have more of the ball, most likely, right? I mean, we see in the Premier League with Man City or Liverpool or Man United, but like in the World Cup, if it's Germany versus South Korea, like expect Germany to have 70% of the ball or 65%. I mean, that a, a wealth of the possession. And in order to, to get DraftKings points and fantasy points, typically you need possession for things like shots and fouls drawn. And you know, I mean, interceptions and tackles one are defensive stats, but in order to score like crosses and all those types of things, you get, you're going to need to have the ball. So you look and you tend to, go towards the favored sides and the bigger, the favorite, the more you're looking at the underdogs. Like the, if you, if you're a big underdog in the game, I'm not necessarily looking to take many players, if any, from those teams and the most valuable players uh, for, for DraftKings soccer aren't the goal scorers. I think that's the one main concept that a lot of people get wrong on DraftKings, uh, especially when you play heads up 50 fifties, double ups, you know, where like coming in first doesn't matter. Like you're just coming, trying to come in the top half and you get to like double, you know, you're, you're in a dollar, the double up. So out of 23 people, the top 10 get, you know, $2. Like you don't care about coming in first. You care about just as long as you come in 10th, you get paid the same amount. But even in the big tournaments where, you know, coming in first is worth a lot more. I mean, we've seen in the World Cup where, you know, the, the $5, $10, uh, tournament that you know the first place pays uh, fifteen thousand, so you can take a very little, little amount of money, and pl- you're playing for fun anyway. For five bucks, why not pick your pick your eight best players, see if you, what you can put together, and why not? I mean, hey, I I got I got a, a two goals out of a center back for thirty eight hundred. Like that. if I if I could do that, anyone could do it, right? I guess, right? <laughs> but but the main thing is is that the, especially on the favorite sides, uh, you're focused towards players that have distinct roles on their team, uh, especially on set pieces. We've even seen in the World Cup, so many goals come from set pieces. But in addition to the goals, set pieces produce fantasy points. They either It's a free kick, so you're going to get either a cross out of it, you're going to get a shot out of it, a shot on goal out of it. That could turn into an assist because that could be a headed into the goal. That I mean, a lot of things could happen fantasy-wise on a set piece, and most teams have someone that's responsible for that or at least one or two people that are responsible. Like, take a look at Denmark. Like if there's a dead ball, Christian Eriksen's over it, mm. right? Yep. If uh, Iceland, most likely it's Gilfie Sigurdsson, right? Yeah. You have, you have guys like that where 
You know, if the if the play stops 25 times in the game, that's 25 opportunities to get points, and there's one guy that's going to be over it all the time. So that guy becomes the most valuable. So if you're looking at any of those teams, you want to look for the guys on set pieces because they provide like that safe peripherals. Like they don't need to score a goal. We've seen games. I mean, take a look at this past uh, Portugal game where, you know, I, I, I've, I said on the Rotowire podcast the day before, like we haven't seen him start the past two games, but if Ricardo Quaresma is starting, like if you're playing double ups, jam him in because that guy, all he does is just go to the byline and he crosses like mad. And they're, <laughs> and they're worth three quarters of a point. He's going to be on every set piece on every dead ball. He may not play 90, but I've, I've seen him for Besiktas put in uh, play 62 minutes and put in 26 crosses. Wow. So, wow. so I mean, imagine adding that up. Imagine like, like if, if Karez, if he puts in 14 crosses at three quarters of a point, I mean, you're talking about 10, 11 points. I mean, a goal is worth 10 plus the shot, plus the shot on goals. That's 12 points total. Like guys like Christian Erickson don't have to make a goal or an assist and they get a goal's worth of points. But you take a guy like Olivier Giroux or Diego Costa, guys like that where, or even Lukaku. I mean, he's been efficient on his shots. They may only take three shots the whole game. If they go in, great. You get a lot of points. But if they don't, you're sitting there with two points. And you've paid like, you know, you played an exorbitant amount for them. Right? I mean, Harry Kane, the same thing. Look at Harry Kane's hat trick. Tell me how how that's the easiest hat trick in the history of professional soccer, right? <laughs> Two yeah. penalties and a like, and a, he was looking the wrong way and it hit his foot, type of goal. Yeah, right. But I mean, it take away the two penalties and that uh, he had one open play shot. His fantasy value was one point if it wasn't for those fluke types of things or penalties, I guess. So. Those are boom or bust plays. Those are the type of plays that you you put in where it's like I'm aiming for first, and if I don't get it, like I have no shot, right? Cause, <laughs> right? Because we we saw like Lewandowski, like he could put up uh, you know four points. That's it. It's like a great favorite position. Poland could win. I mean they didn't, but I mean this is what you see. You could see England win with or Belgium win without these guys scoring. Uh, I mean, for Spain, I mean, look at David Silva. He hasn't really done much, right? These are the types of guys that since they don't generate peripherals enough for their price value, you kind of want to at least get like one times the amount of their price. So if like someone's 8,000, you you need to get eight points minimum. If someone's 3,000, you want to get three points minimum. So use that in your mind of, and taking away goals and assists, can they get that? So if you're paying uh, eleven thousand for Diego Costa, like he needs to score a goal in order to get eleven points, because he just doesn't shoot enough in Spain's system to do that. Someone like Messi, who may be thirteen k, like, well, he possibly could get thirteen points without even scoring because he may shoot eight times, four on goal, yeah. right? So yeah. that may be worth it for Argentina. It also depends on what t- how the teams work out. Suarez for Uruguay is much different than Suarez for Barcelona. The Suarez, you know, shoots more for Uruguay because another guy isn't on the field with him. That he is in Barcelona taking mm-hmm. eight shots. So yeah. those are the types of things that you, especially on DraftKings, where you get predictable crosses and shots that look towards the 
look in terms of your lineup as if I don't if if no goals get scored on this slate, like am am, am I going to score pretty high? And that's kind of like what what my mantra is. Like uh, listening to the to the podcast, it's like if every game ended zero zero, I would win all the money on DraftKings. All right, so those are the tips from No Goal Jordan right here. Um, <laughs> Blaine, I think you've had the most success of the three of us at DraftKings so far. Uh, so what kinds of questions do do you have from that in the trenches experience? Well, that answered a lot of my questions because I've just been that was, that's great. Uh, Am yeah. I the one beating you? What's your username? I should I be taking your head to heads now? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't played in probably a year. Um, I was trying to get into it before Lily came along and I would play 20, 30 games. I was playing the quarter leagues and the free leagues just to try to get a feel for it. And I had a couple of good weeks. I think one week I actually made 67 cents on a quarter. So <laughs> in 20 games, I'll take a payout. Like that's that for me, it was a win, but I had, a, I was going for a lot of those boom and bust players and trying to make compromises or I was trying to balance the money between the front and the back a little bit, which I know we say, don't do an MLS fantasy, but I was like, well, what do I need to be looking at for defenders here? Do I want to take the cheapest option? Do I want to go with somebody a little better? And just figuring it all out. And I think you've answered a lot of my questions that I would have had, Jordan. Just well, some I basic can, strategies to start with. I can tell you the difference. Uh, MLS uh, Daily Fantasy on DraftKings is so much more frustrating than Premier League. Like, it well, is the most fr- – but I, 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 say, I say it many times. Uh, I haven't played MLS – uh, on, on DraftKings in like over a year. Uh, I mean, cause they've added so many leagues or whatever. I just, I, I'm not following MLS as much. Uh, and and uh, my quarter will turn into zero against you. You'll probably beat me. In MLS. <laughs> I can guarantee you that, uh, that in the premier league, uh, that this is how I always say it. The premier league, you have a get, you, you know, who's going to win. You just don't know who's going to score. So it's like you know, Man City is gonna be is gonna beat Swansea, but you don't know if it's gonna be a Leroy Sané goal or a Sterling goal or an Aguero goal or a Jesus goal or KDB or somehow Fernandinho scores a screamer or Yaya comes out and with with his uh, walking stick and just somehow you know gets a free kick opportunity. Like you just don't know. You Man City could score three nothing and you have none of their players, like because you picked Aguero over Sterling and Sterling has two. Or Liverpool, where it's like, oh, I'm going to play Salah, and then Firmino has a brace, and it's been assisted by Mane. So you're like, I know Liverpool's going to win. I'm going to target their players, but I'm going to pick Firmino, and then Salah scores a hat trick. Like, you you just don't know. To me, MLS, on the other hand, is MLS, you know who's going to score. You just have no idea who's going to win. <laughs> like, I, I would go into going, like, uh, I, th- I think, you know, that before I'm, I'm not, I don't want to make a fool of myself. of not knowing what players are and what teams anymore, but I would, there's so many times that uh, I thought the impact would win and I take Piotti and they would lose three, nothing at home. And I'm just like, like I know they're going to win and who else is going to score other than like Piotti or Drogba when he was on. It's like, and then it, it's, it's not that they don't, it's not like someone else on the impact scored. It's just that no one scored and they lost three, nothing. And that happens in MLS, it seems, all the time. <laughs> we, we call it because MLS, Jordan. Lovingly <laughs> call it because MLS. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I know we got some flack about uh, Montreal a week or so ago just um, <laughs> because we, we called Piotti a diamond in the rough and 
that ruffled some feathers. But I mean, he he does tend to be one of the the few good players on on a team that's not been doing so hot this year. Uh, but I've heard you mention Man City a couple of times. Is that your Premier League team? Nope. I, I I mean, what if I had to root for a team? Probably Liverpool. Okay. But Mine's I mean, a, a Man City fan, so I didn't know if you were all kindred spirits. I think Jordan just enjoyed their fantasy points this year. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it was frustrating. I, it, tell me, uh, from past years, a lot of a lot of the regulars uh, in, in the DraftKings lobby because it's a small it's small enough community of people that like play all the all the time, uh-huh. like where you see them in all your contests all the time. Uh, that like this past year, like Man City would just score too many. Where like if it could be them and the, there's four other games on on the slate, and it's like. Like, when in doubt, just take three Man City players and don't worry about the other games. Because, <laughs> like, only because, well, that is a strategy. I call it the capture method, which is viable to, to use if you're under, I did it the other, uh, for the World Cup, for Belgium. Like, on the mm-hmm. slate where uh, they played uh, Panama. Where one of the teams is, like, such a huge favorite, you know that they're going to get four goals. You just need to make sure you get the right ones. Right. I need to, I, I, I don't care who scores in the other games. As long as I get two or three of their goals... I'm good. I mean, I could take a, a a low score from one of them, but I'm like, I'm just gonna take, I'm gonna take Hazard, Mertens, De Bruyne, and I'm done, right? If Lukaku scores two, well, they're probably assisted by those guys anyway. Yeah. So it's like I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna just take all them all. I'm gonna, you just take three of them. I did that with Man City so many times. I'm just like, I'm taking Aguero and De Bruyne, and that's it. Like at least I got two of them, right? Sure. Or I'm taking Sane and Aguero, or I'm taking Sterling and KDB. I'm doing something like that. I mean, even for Liverpool, sometimes it's just like I'm just taking this a lot for me, no, and just not. I don't have to worry about it. Just as long as they score three or four, it's most likely through these guys, and I'm going to score enough points that I'm probably good. In the past, it wasn't like that. In the past, it seemed like like you could take the one guy, and then you could take the one guy in another game, like, and you don't have to take Erickson and Kane together just to make sure you get all of Tottenham's goals. <laughs> Well, we're quickly coming up to make sure I say this right. The round of 16, uh, I tweeted out. I don't know if you can be sympathetic to this, Jordan. Being from Kentucky, I, I find myself oftentimes just defaulting to sweet 16. And I, and I know that's wrong, but <laughs> that basketball is just somehow so ingrained. Whenever I see 16 teams, I want to say sweet 16. But we're moving up to the round of 16 very shortly. So with all of the craziness that we've had happen so far, uh, who are some of the standout fantasy options going forward that right now you can tell people they need to keep an eye on when they're building their teams? In MLS? No, sorry. Back to World Cup. Back to World Cup. Right. Okay. I'm like, in MLS, like, the, I had to make sure, like I said before, but even before we recorded, it's like, uh, like I, I was looking up and like, when did Sasha Kleistin leave the Red Bulls? Like, because I remember, all <laughs> because I would roster him so often and then, uh, you know, like, if Felipe ends up taking like set pieces and I just throw things out the window, uh, <laughs> do that all the time. Uh, no, in, in the, in the, in the, the third round games for the world cup, uh, obviously the main thing is to look for rotation, but secondly, uh, the, the main thing, uh, for fantasy is what's the motivation of the teams. So like coming into tomorrow, which I know maybe people are listening afterwards, like Messi in a must win game, Gilfy Sigurdsson in a must-win game. You're looking for the must-win games. The games where the teams are like, like, ah, oh, we'll be fine with a draw. Like, I don't like their fantasy production. Obviously, in in the in the in the knockout round, it's win or go home. So, like, 
you're 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 looking for uh you know obviously they're going to put out their their best 11s on both sides but uh, i think the matches tend to be in the world cup usually cagey no matter what like just because it's germany i know they faltered a little doesn't mean they're going to necessarily come out in a knockout round game and just try to dominate someone i think a lot of these teams especially seeing that the top sides are faltering a bit will come out more not to concede especially not on the counter if you're germany or even spain that don't necessarily expect like to like stack one team like you get the knockout round and go oh i'm going to take muller and cruz and royce and whoever's whoever's in the german lineup or kimmich or something like that, and they're just going to roll over someone on a, on a on a slate that has two or three other games on it. I just don't think that's going to happen. Even in the round of sixteen, where ob- supposedly they've condensed down the bad teams out of the World Cup, but there really are no bad teams in the world. I mean, look, Saudi Arabia beat Egypt, and everyone thought they were a joke when Russia beat them five nothing, right? Panama, yeah, they lost six to one against England, but hell they're in it instead of the United States. So, I mean, what you can't look at them and go that they're horrible, horrible. But once you get to the round of 16, like none of the teams are that bad. You you may not know many of the players on their team. They may seem like, you know, if Japan makes it, you go, Oh, they're going to lose to whoever they're a horrible team. It's like, well, they, they beat Columbia. I know is a 10 man Columbia, but these aren't bad teams. So I think uh, taking out your personal biases of of like like oh if it's Brazil it's no one could beat Brazil like Costa Rica almost beat Brazil right I mean it's it's we're not it's not unheard of for these teams to to not necessarily lose I think at the end of the day the favorites end up you know going to the semifinals and the finals anyway but for fantasy production I don't think you walk in going how do I get Neymar and Coutinho and Marcelo like all on one team thinking that they're just going to score four goals. I just, I, I think we're going to see a lot of one, nothing ties. So it's as much mental as it is a skill for these upcoming rounds with world cup fantasy daily strategies right there. Uh, thanks so much, Jordan, for talking to us about that. Can't let you leave without a, at least a couple of MLS questions. I know it's, it's not your focus anymore, uh, but let's at least know uh, which, uh, what team would you gravitate to at this point? And I, I, I have a controversial opinion on that. Okay. And if, if, if you want hot take content, Ooh, want hot oh. take content, very hot take content. Uh, I, I don't have an MLS team, nor would I ever gradu- uh, gr- gravitate to an MLS team. Be- not because of MLS is because like I live in Louisville. So yep. my, my club is Louisville city. They play in the USL. <laughs> I mean, it, if you want to call it the second division of American soccer, uh, we are all we are also the defending USL champions, as well as the last team remaining currently in the U.S. Open Cup, uh, and we beat the New England Revolution. Although they played a rotated side, so whatever. Uh, I'm not against MLS. I'm not a big fan of the single entity structure. We could go down that rabbit hole, but we don't have to. Uh, I'm I'm a fan uh, of the belief, at least, of supporting your local club. If your local club is an MLS club, great. If you're in if if you're in Columbus, I understand the Save the Crew movement. I I understand I understand that all. I if you're in uh, Houston and you're a Dynamo fan, I can't. You're supporting your local club, so like that's why the the whole like 
what MLS side would I gravitate towards? Like is 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 a non like is a non question to me. It's like well, I'm not like uh, FC Cincinnati, who are uh, Louisville City's biggest rival. <laughs> we have a heated rivalry against them. Trust they bit one of our players. They they, they, they accused us of photoshopping, and there was uh, it's it's been a, it's been a, a the, the Dirty River Derby has been a, a mess for two years. Especially when they just brag about their attendance and we show our star above our logo, it's great. It's great banter on Twitter. But like FC Cincinnati is going to go to MLS to, uh, next year. It's not, and they would be the closest MLS team. But you'd, you'd have you'd have to give me a lobotomy to to gravitate towards rooting for them just because they're a hundred miles away. So that's why, like that, like I yeah, Columbus is the closest, I guess, or Nashville will be. But like if if I'm not living in Nashville, I don't care that they're the closest. It's still not Louisville, but if Louisville had an MLS team, I'd support it. They're they're my local team, so I mean, I I can't blame anyone for for liking sport in Kansas City if you live in Kansas City. So it is what it is. So as far as what team do I like watching play, I think it's quite obvious that it's Atlanta or even LAFC. Uh, but and even the Red Bulls, I like I like their system, but yeah. that comes from more of a neutral soccer fan than like I'm actually rooting for them to win. I just enjoy watching their matches. No, I uh, felt that way myself for a long time being in central Kentucky. Uh, never really felt like I actually had a team. Uh, you hit my second question though. in in that answer, I was, I was going to see if Cincinnati and MLS would overcome any of that rivalry that I know is there with, with Louisville. There is, there is no chance that any single person <laughs> in Louisville will ever root for FC Cincinnati. <laughs> <laughs> we, I, we, I, we joke about like when they saw oh, we're going with the whole announcement they're going out they're going to mls they're doing whatever like we, we we're sitting here going going we we hate watch their games <laughs> we will hate watch their games in mls we will want to see them lose every, we want to see them get relegated even without promotion and relegation like that that's how bad yeah. we hate yeah. fc cincinnati yes, that is deep that is deep. I, I have joined the FC Cincinnati bandwagon, but mostly it's due to uh, the long history of just Cincinnati being the closest professional sports team to uh, to me growing up, and so it was just a natural one for me. But Yeah, how's that turn out with the Reds and the Bengals? They're not good either. Well, not so good anymore, um, but uh, <laughs> maybe maybe in the future we'll see. But it, it made my USL team choice very easy. Yeah, but at least you're in Kentucky. Okay, that makes sense at least. It does. Right? It really does. <laughs> uh, Mike, you guys, uh, or Blaine, you guys have any questions for Jordan before we let him go? Uh, I, got, I got one for you, Jordan. Um, I'm a lawyer, so I think about law stuff all the time. And recently there was a big Supreme Court decision about uh, gambling in the United States, and it's going to pave the way for it uh, opening up a lot more. Uh, and we talked uh, on here briefly about the impact it would have to fantasy and daily fantasy. So I just wanted to get your thoughts on if it's going to have an impact, if it's going to change daily fantasy um, at all, if any. Well, I mean, I don't really sports bet at all, ever. I mean, that's why I like fantasy sports, because I'm playing against other people. So, I mean, like, I I don't even know how it's going to impact anyway. I mean, like, like I know DraftKings may be involved with something like that, but I... I I really have not. I I don't know on their end. I, I I really I I followed the decision, but as far as how it affects fantasy, I'm not. It doesn't matter to me. I mean, like 
Like they could be betting shops on the, on the street corner. It's like I, I like fantasy sports in the same way that I like chess or poker. Like it's I like the game aspect of it, and that you could beat your friend, that you could beat you know other people, a like hundred people in a contest. Even your con, even the quarter contests, everyone puts their quarter in, and then you get sixty-seven cents back or whatever. But I'm at least I'm I'm not like betting on a game or anything. So like I, I'm I'm not really sure. I'm. It, fantasy sports is it's such a uniquely American thing. Also, I mean, a lot of people with soccer, it's like, oh, that's the that's a foreign thing somehow. That like, although it's like the second most popular sport in this country, uh, that uh, that like uh, like fantasy sports being American, like you wouldn't say like the same thing about uh, football or baseball, like the rotisserie baseball, and uh, they'll all be fine. I mean, the people play that for a different reason than bet on sports. That like. I don't think I don't I don't really have any notion that it'll affect anything as long as far as I'm concerned. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Jordan. It was a pleasure having you on the show tonight. Uh, before we say goodbye, I'll give you a chance to plug all of the projects that you have going on. Well, uh, first off, uh, Rotowire Fantasy Podcast. Uh, we, I mean, we, we, we fantasy soccer podcast. We, we're doing one every day for the World Cup. So, like, you know, in the middle of games, we're previewing the next game. So, if you want to subscribe there to uh to the road to our soccer podcast uh that, that'd be great I mean, you'll hear me every day uh and, and during the premier league season once a week i mean the, the normal regular schedule during the domestic season and then uh DraftKings, you could find me uh, my username is blender hd on uh, on, on twitter as well as DraftKings on anything and uh, uh if 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 uh daily fantasy if you just want to deal with the four games that are going on you don't have to worry about, you know, who's on a yellow card or who's on a double game week or any of those types of things. Like just, you know, you could play for as little as a quarter. They've had dime contests even. Or if you want to enter, you know, like the $15 or $10 enter a lineup, you could, you know, win up to, you know, 15000 20000 You know, they had contests, you know, with 5,000 entries or something like that. And then if you don't even want to pick players, I know that DraftKings is doing uh, what's the, the real shot challenge which uh, in combination with Jägermeister, where essentially it's a bra- it's, it's similar to a, to a bracket where you're picking the, the winners of, of each you know, game and you're part of what's called a Meister community. This is, this is the hidden thing uh, that, that, that we've been trying to exploit. We tried to exploit that it, did, it didn't work out anyway. Uh, so uh, the Meister community, you get to pick a, a team that you like, a nation that you like, and the top like couple, uh, like 10 spots, 50 spots, I think, uh, we'll get like J- Jägermeister swag, and and like maybe like a jersey or something like that. Uh, obviously, the more popular teams uh, will have more people in them, but it's the same like prizes. So like everyone at Rotowire is like uh, like Meister communities are like Tunisia and Panama <laughs> and all those types because it doesn't matter because at, at like if you have the best score amongst everyone in the whole challenge, you'll get an all expense paid trip to whoever wins the World Cup, their, their country, and you get to celebrate like a local. But the top couple of whatever pro, uh, uh, spots in each Meister community, all 32 of them, will get some prizes. So, like, if, you you know, you pick Brazil and there's, like, a couple, of, you know, a thousand people in there versus, like, Tunisia that maybe, I don't know, 40 people are in there. Hey, maybe everyone gets a prize. So, like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sitting, uh, you know, we, we have guys all over the place, you know, just in, like, they're not necessarily my favorite team, but a little bit more chance to win a prize. So some there's some strategic knowledge for even playing the free DraftKings Real Shot Challenge. 
think that's a lot like joining the Minnesota League with uh, MLS Fantasy, I think. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Jordan, so much for being on the show. Uh, good luck with your schedule for the rest of this World Cup, and uh, I hope you win some more of your daily leagues. Well, thanks for having me on. All right. Yeah, thanks again so much, uh, Jordan, for being here. I hope you guys enjoy that little aside into the, the World Cup fantasy world. Uh, I know it was daily focused, but a lot of good information there. I think, uh, I know, Blaine, you got some good information, but I think a lot of those strategies you could easily apply to some of the, the fantasy games more similar to MLS fantasy if you're doing the World Cup versions of those right now. I know we started one with the podcast here. Blaine got that kicked off. So uh, lots of good tips, and it's just been a great World Cup. Um, but there were MLS games going on too, guys. Round 17 happened. Uh, it was pretty much a regular week. A few teams were on a bye. Not a lot, uh, I think, for me as as far as takeaways go there. Uh, but before we get into that, let's let's see how you guys scores did. Uh, I guess I'll start. I got uh, 87 points. Um, not too bad. Uh, Rusnak, even though he didn't get a goal, got 22 points as my captain uh, total um, off an 11 point, which I think was pretty good considering most people went or a lot of people went with V and fell into that trap. Um, and so I did a little bit better than them. Had Lawrence, which worked out super well. Um, my duds were Via, obviously, and Zussi, uh, but everyone else did okay. Um, Week rank 466, which not a whole lot of movement overall, but some, and I won my head-to-head. So, you know, not one of the best scores of the week, but certainly good enough to get a little bit of, you know, what we used to call green arrows. <laughs> Blaine. Yeah, I ended up right behind you, Mike. I had 85. Um, moved me up a little bit. I'm flirting. I'm 529 now on the overall. Still trying to get to that top 500 before the end of this first half. This has been a rough season for me. But, yeah, um, I also avoided the Via trap. I stuck with Morales, who also gave me 22 points total, so can't really complain there. Royer really hurt me with that red card um, yep. because because the option I had picked out to replace him with was Ilsenio. Um, I did grab Ilsenio in my draft league. He ended up helping me win that game as my last addition for my draft team. But I did have Dockel on the bench, so he came in with his 17. I think that might be one of the highest scores of the round, too. With, so, over overall, I can't really complain a whole lot. I mean, Royer really hurt. Zussi and Via giving me one each was rough. But 85 points on that and getting a couple of the pick, big picks right, I mean, it moved me up in the overall. So, green arrows there and winning some head-to-head games. So, can't complain. Yeah, I had a really great round myself. I had 99 points, so just one point shy of that triple-digit mark there. Uh, I halfway fell for the via trap i had him on my team but i went with uh, max morales as my captain so i still managed to get 22 points right there had simon had long up there in defense uh i went with question i thought there would be more points from orlando in that montreal game but it uh, just did not happen but i did get tighter on uh, my bench as my uh, switcheroo to sub in there the transfer sub in there at that time um Piotti got a goal i think he got the assist so uh, some good points all around right there. Great score. I've moved up to 105 overall, so trying to crack into the top 100 before the end of this round. Just so you know, uh, my total score is 1656. Uh, some of the guys who are in the other leagues that we are in that are in some of that top 10 area, they're only about 50 points ahead of me right now, and I'm at 105. So 50 points is separating those people in the, the low 100s 
and the top 10. So that's that's how close it starts getting at the top. So it's it's pretty vicious competition here, uh, but it's been a lot of fun, and we're gearing down towards the end uh, of this first season in Week 21. So still a whole other season of fantasy action yet to go. Uh, but something else, quick aside, uh, Mike tweeted this out this morning. The MLS All-Star roster came out tonight with the fan voting, and six of the players were from Atlanta. That was our uh, what we were referencing in the brought to you by this week, which is just crazy. Congrats to you, Atlanta fans, for mobilizing your vote and, and getting out and doing that. But we don't really think that that's an accurate representation of what an all-star team should be. Sorry. Uh, so what I've asked for Mike and Blaine to do is if they've got uh, some players they think should be on the all-star team with our, our fantasy point of view, um, we're going to do that right now. Now, guys, I've made a full 18, uh, but if you just want to throw out a few players, we'll all throw out a few players and see what we've got. So how about that? Works for me. Okay. All right. Uh, kick us off, Blaine. Let's uh, – Let's just start with defense. Oh, defense. Um, I didn't know we were doing this, so I'm a little off, but Zussi's got to be out there leading your defense as far as fantasy goes. I mean, a 12 million defender, where are we ever going to see that again? He actually lost value this week and is still at 12 million, so <laughs> got to go with that. Um, Simon has just been a monster this season. Um, new team. I, don't, I didn't expect it from him or the LAFC defense, but he has just been huge for them this year and then i'm going to give it a collective for the last one take your pick off of this off of the whole team and that's the columbus defense Mm -hmm. those guys have been huge value gains all season long they've been putting up good points um i know a lot of us slept on them a little bit early on and they have just kept it up best defense in the league i can't pick any one of those guys so i'm going to put the whole team out there and you pick your favorite from that list mike uh, yeah, I mean, I had Abu Bakar um, as, as one of my picks. I, I think Zusi from fantasy perspective, is a must-have. Uh, I mean, from a purely fantasy perspective, I would also say Simon, um, although in real life I don't know if he's been that valuable. He's just one of those defenders who scores goals, which is super great in fantasy. I don't know if he's been as good uh, in real life, although those goals have been uh, important for LAFC. Um but yeah, I, I would just not have anyone um, in Atlanta for defense. Uh, and, and are we including uh, keepers in defense, Reed, or are we doing that one separately? I was going to do it separately, but you're welcome to throw a name out right now. Uh, I'm gonna, I, I think the it's is Turner. Um, I mean, oh, he, yeah. he's very cheap. Uh, got a whole bunch of clean sheets uh, in a year for fantasy that hasn't been very dependable for uh, clean sheets. So I think he's um, definitely someone to look at. Uh, I'm sure Blaine will mention Tim Melia. Uh, I would certainly consider him as well. Yeah, to, to the list of names you guys have already added, uh, I had Rosenberry on my list just because I uh, Philadelphia's done a pretty decent job at, at keeping some clean sheets this season, and Rosenberry's kind of had a turnaround year. He was hot a couple of years ago with, with as a rookie, he slacked off a little bit. Not slacked off, that's kind of harsh. Uh, didn't put up the production quite as well last year, but it's come on real strong uh, this season, so I think he's worth a look right there. And then I think the Red Bulls, they've got a, a tough, tough defense uh, for me, I've got Kamar Lawrence on there just because I like some of those attacking players. Uh, I bounced around Beta Shore, Simon as well with, with some of some of who would I go with. But uh, I think I think the Red Bulls have had a great defense that's worth a holler. And I'd even maybe even say Blake as a potential keeper option. Just, again, uh, a young player who's been doing a whole lot with a team that that's had to to do some serious rebuilding. Yeah, as you're going keepers, I mean. 
I've, I've got a trio of them that we didn't expect as much at the beginning of the season that have come on really strong. And Blake and Stefan are in there. But the guy who's been surprising and kept his value pretty affordable has been Evan Bush. Uh, he still leads all goalkeepers in MLS fantasy. And, I mean, he plays for Montreal. I mean, they're, they're what, three points out of a playoff spot right now as a team. And I think he's a large reason why they're not just sitting bottom of the table down there at 10 points with D.C. Now, they've played a few more games, but still, with the way Montreal's been playing, the way we've been talking about him, you'd expect him to be the bottom feeder in the East, and they're not. And Bush leads all all fantasy goalkeepers. I mean, got to give him a shout-out here. I think it's field. mostly because Montreal's played Orlando a bunch of times. <laughs> <laughs> I knew something like that was coming. Uh, Mike, talk about your midfield. Uh, midfield is tough. Um, even though this is an all-star game and we don't like defense, uh, I'm going to have to have a defensive midfielders. I know everyone at MLSsoccer.com loves Chara for some reason this year, which, I mean, I think he's been good, but he's not Alex Ring. Alex Ring is the best defensive midfielder. He was last year. He is this year. Uh, call me New York City homer if you want, but that's the truth. Um, other ones, Piotti, like he has no help, is the man that everyone is planning around and is still being producing still producing at a very high level so i think he has to be on there uh almiron has probably been the mvp uh, he's kind of slacked off a little bit recently but uh he's still i mean especially for fantasy wise he's been a pretty much a consistent double digit uh performer uh and then i had higuain um what columbus has done this year i mean he's pretty much turned jossie zardes into a golden boot winner or a go-to-boot contender, excuse me. And uh, a lot of that is due to Higuain picking him out in space. And we've seen from past years in the U.S. and uh, L.A., that's not an easy thing to do. So I think uh, Higuain gets a lot of credit. Um, you know, some maybe honorable mentions, obviously, Maxi Morales, um, Mauro Diaz, w- when he starts for a, for a fantasy perspective. But, um, yeah, th- those are the guys that I, I were looking at. But there, there's a lot of good midfielders. Yeah, I had a tough time, too. Blaine. I mean, okay, I'll start and I'll counter Mike's. Uh, Ring is a great defensive midfielder, but Ilya Sanchez is the best defensive midfielder in the league right now. So if we're going to go for a more complete team when we're building these roster, it's going to be Sanchez on there for me. <laughs> but as far as your fantasy options go, I mean, Almiron and Morales are your two big leaders. Uh, they've been pulling the strings for their team, high flyers in their conference, in the tougher conference this year. Huge points for them. Higuain has come back i thought he was done he was looking to transfer out and i've been really impressed with him as a player just coming back as a person and a player and really giving it his all for the save the crew movement and really firing up that city a little bit and keeping the team relevant through all this turmoil and then piatti is just uh, a man among men up there in montreal uh, double and triple teamed all the time really the only playmaker up there right now and just fighting through it. I mean, his goal this weekend was a lot of just one-on-one effort. I mean, just Piotti doing Piotti things. A um, few honorable mentions out there, but the big one to throw out there is Bastian Schweinsteiger. Um, still still getting work done with the subpar Chicago team. You'd think with Nikolic, they'd be doing a lot better this season. Coming off that golden boot last year, but he has done whatever that team needs from playing as a creative force all the way back to a center back this year and it's just not often that you see a midfielder do that at his age and he's really trying to carry that team through 
Yeah, you guys have hit a, a lot of the big name ones. I'll just throw a couple others there, maybe on, on the bench. Uh, I'm going to go with Tider as, as one to talk about. Just from the fantasy point of view, Giotti's gotten a lot of those big games, kind of boom and bust at times. But Tider's just been consistent with, with his point generation. I think that's been, for a non-defensive midfielder type person, I think that's uh, a solid fantasy MVP right there to look at. Uh, I'm going to counter a little bit about Diaz, might maybe make him a bit closer to a top five type person. I know he's missed a bunch, and I know turf fields, he's never really going to show up. But when he has been there, he hasn't always needed many minutes to get production. And so uh, I think that makes him a serious contender for someone who you'd want to look at with, with an all-star type fantasy team. And then well, not if the game is in Atlanta and on turf. <laughs> He's not going to get on the plane. He wouldn't get on the plane in the I'm Red Bulls. At, I'm, looking I'm looking at overall. And I think he doesn't I mean, look, need many minutes to produce. And, and I mean, that's I don't, what I think is good. Look, I'm not going to hold it against the guy that he didn't want to go to Red Bull Arena. Red Bulls fans don't want to go to Red Bull Arena. But come on, you got to play if you're going to be in the All-Star game. That's true. Okay. Okay. That's fair. Uh, the last <laughs> thing I'm going to throw out there, uh, Katai over there at Chicago, as good as Bastion Weinsteiger is, I think that he also needs to have a lot of credit for uh, helping Chicago rebound uh, a goal and assist every game uh, or one at least for the past seven games in a row so uh, i think that's that's been and he's has more in earlier on so um i think i think that makes him someone maybe more on the fringe still but uh but worth mentioning we're talking about some of these fancy all-stars uh finally let's do forwards blame uh i'm gonna give it to one of my favorite players in the league. I know he's listed in fantasy as a midfielder, but for terms of the all-star game, he is a forward and that's Teal Bunbury. Uh, he has come on so strong this year. One of my favorite players I've ever met, just one of the nicest guys. And I am so happy to see him come back and have this resurgent season. And I think he deserves the nod for it this year. And then on top of that, you, I, I mean, it really comes down to Martinez, Bradley Wright Phillips, and Giassi Zardes this year. Those three guys have been outstanding for their clubs. Um, can really only take three forwards. I don't want to drop anybody off the list, so I'm just going to throw all three of them up there. But I've got to give Bunbury his props this season. Mike? I, I don't know if I have any of those guys on mine. Um <laughs> Because this is one where I actually thought the All-Star game uh, got it right. I I think Vela has been so impressive, even though he's missed time with Mexico um, for MLS Fantasy the past month. Shouldn't forget like how dominant he was and how much of a key part to their fast start uh, he's been uh, with a team that we didn't see have think have had a whole lot of depth coming into it. Um, Joseph Martinez, the Golden Boot winner. um, He's been incredible. He's also been scoring goals more on the road, which makes him more. of an every week player, which is more valuable in fantasy, uh, and this, and then he uh, he has Zidane, um, what he's been able to do despite the continuing struggles of the rest of the LA Galaxy shouldn't be overlooked. Uh, he's still scoring tons of goals, um, making that team more exciting to look at. So uh, I would look at them. I mean, BWP has obviously been very good. Uh, I don't want to knock him, uh, but I think he's a tad behind uh, those three. Uh, very close to you, Mike. Myself, I've, I've got uh, Bella Martinez and, and BWP. I went back and forth with that same thought, but uh, BWP uh, inched it out for me in the end. Just I, I think he's just been I, – I guess the reason I like him isn't really fair for Zlatan because I was going to say I think long-term he's been more for the Red Bulls, but uh, that's, that's really no argument to make against him. But uh, – uh, 
I wouldn't be WP myself. So thanks guys for sharing. Uh, that's who we like for more of a fantasy all-star team. I'm working up some polls right now. We're going to try to get some voting go out there for who would you pick as your fantasy all-star team. And I'll get a picture together and tweet that out sometime in the next few rounds. So we have enough time to collect everything. And uh, I think at least two Atlanta players are worth that list. So we'll see what happens. Uh, thanks so much, guys. Uh, everything else from, from this round 17, I think worth mentioning. Vancouver's scoring run has finally come to an end. Holy crap, 4-0 against Philadelphia. I didn't go with Philadelphia players myself because I was worried about that run that Vancouver had been on. That's over. Uh, there is definitely a crisis in Orlando. They could not get anything done at home after ousting their coach uh, against a Montreal team that has struggled on the road in the past. So uh, I, if you weren't already fire-selling Orlando, probably a good idea at this point. Congrats, Blaine, to you. Sporting Kansas City had a great come-behind win. Uh, I wish Zussi had been more of a part of that. Um, but a fantasy takeaway from this for me is there are definitely, if you're not already keyed into this, there are some good offensive options at Sporting Kansas City, so don't write those players off just because they're typically and currently have been a defensive go-to. Uh, other defensive go-tos, Portland just has been pretty good defensively. They got it back together, and uh, they gave some Atlanta trouble at home, which is usually a game that uh, fantasy-wise we think is going to be an easy win from Atlanta, 1-1 draw with that one. That's what I've got, guys. Anything else fantasy takeaways you want to take from round 17? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Daniel Shallowy for Sporting Kansas City has jumped all the way up to $11 million, and he is worth every bit of that right now. Uh, the, everybody around the team is talking about just how much he grows from game to game, and he put up a goal and two assists in that comeback and really did spark that team and led to that big one. But the even bigger fantasy takeaway I have from that is centered around the comeback in general. Apparently the locker room halftime talk from Peter Vermes was they can't stop you, go get them. And that's what the team did. And I think this speaks more to Houston's defense, especially on the road. They had no answer when Kansas City finally decided to turn it on and come at them. And they were chasing the game. And I know Doyle and Warshaw talked about it some on the website as well. Um, Cabrera has been killing this team with his subs late in the game. When he took Elise off for Leonardo, um, Houston had no offense, no outlet. There was nothing going forward, and they just invited that pressure and crumbled. So if you're looking at Houston, especially on the road, if teams take this Kansas City win as a blueprint for how to break down Houston and just throw everything forward, Houston is going to struggle on the road on defense from here on out. And I think teams really do need to pay attention to this because this wasn't a big rant and rave in the in the halftime locker room. It was just a quick observation. You guys can beat them. They have nothing to stop you. Go get them. And that's what it, that's what it was. So for as good as the comeback was, I think this is more damning on Houston's defense on the road. Yeah, that was great. And we're going to see Houston sporting Kansas City again soon in the quarterfinals of the Open Cup, which we're going to talk about next housekeeping section which we'll get into right now uh oh, wait, wait whoa 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 i didn't get my turn turn for it's like there was, there was this period of silence and then blaine was like yeah i'll get one and i was like all right we must be good Mike, take away um yay y'all hear this that's the sound of tfc fans hitting the panic button uh, they were <laughs> lifeless i mean they i mean it was crazy 
I had no concerns in the second half that TFC was going to beat New York City. I mean, that's the treble winners um, who've given New York a whole lot of trouble the past few years. They had nothing. Uh, and I mean, this is a this was a, such a great opportunity for TFC coming in with a brand new coach who got off the plane on Friday and basically only seen the team nine games of their t- team tape. Um, and he bossed Greg Vanny all over the field. I mean, they had absolutely nothing. Um, new York City probably should have put four past them. Um, I'm very concerned for Toronto making the playoffs at this point. Um, Their schedule is not conducive. They still have midweek Canadian championship games coming up. Um, And if they can't compete better against the big boys, they're just not going to get enough points to surpass uh, Philadelphia and New England, who are both in form right now. So um, we'll see if Josie Altidore changes that. But as of right now, I'm, I'm getting very leery of anyone outside of like maybe Vasquez, but not a Toronto defenders right now. Thank you, Mike. You're welcome. Great transition right there, but still good. Yeah, got to give you time to uh, get some props to New York City, right? Well, I was mostly props to TF to, to TFC's being awful, kind of like Blaine. <laughs> you know, Blaine and I both managed to talk about our teams, and the guys of the other team is terrible. So that was kind of the theme this week. Okay, I got it. it was- Point of pride, point of pride. So we're, we're trying to keep our house, but not necessarily show you that we're keeping our house. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, now let's move on to the housekeeping uh, straight there you up. Go. Games for uh, round 18 start Friday at 8 o'clock. That is a, a single game with Minnesota and Dallas. So uh, be ready for that if you're going to try to take advantage of something with, with those teams. Uh, 8 o'clock Friday for that. No teams are on a double game week this round, but one team – is on a buy, and that is Houston. Uh, so that's a great option for you if you're looking for your switcheroos or transferoos or just want to have a, a buy player right there that's not from New England. Be buy right there. So, no, no, don't go with him. Uh, but uh, Houston is a team to look at for all that. Mentioned earlier, Open Cup quarterfinals are coming up. This is going to impact us more around the round 2021 time because it happens on July 18th. So that's Philadelphia and Orlando, Chicago versus Louisville City FC, Houston Sporting Kansas City rematch, and then LAFC versus Portland. So everybody's playing on the 15th, so that falls right in between round 20 and 21. So keep that on your radar. But also just early heads up, playing Houston and Sporting Kansas City both have some roster shenanigans going on right around this time. Houston has a bye week, I think, again in round 20. And then Sporting Kansas City has a bye week in round 21. Seems to be just perfectly cradled right there for this Open Cup game. So that that could definitely be a fun one to watch and uh, one to keep an eye on fantasy-wise because there could be some rotations coming along because of this game. But that's, that's shenanigans right there, Blaine. Maybe uh, a big, little. <laughs> big thanks to everyone from Patreon. Uh, thank you so much for your donations and for your patience, most of all. Uh, my house has now completely transferred into a new house, which includes uh, scarves and pint glasses. And once I get some of the tiny boxes, I had to use free of the various things that tiny boxes hold uh, that aren't mugs and scarves and, and stickers. I can start getting some of those things sent out. And thank you all so much for your support that you've continued to have this season. Uh, I'll be checking up on all of the, the donors to get the web pages all fixed up and uh, make sure you you've registered and, and gotten at your donation level so you can get the swag that you are entitled to. And I will be working to get out there. 
Um, Patreon is just a way that the listeners, if you're not familiar, can help support our show and help cover some of the fees that we have to make this uh, this podcast. This labor of love, really, is what it is. If you want to learn more about that or some of the swag that you can get and the different tiers that you can be a part of, head over to patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash M-L-S-F-I. And now, Mike, the injury report. All right, before I get into the injuries, I'm going to put out an uh, all call. Um, the injury uh, news works best when I have uh, contributions. Uh, kind of over the years, uh, that's kind of slowed down. Um, I need y'all, if when y'all see injuries and red cards, to let me know so I'm not trying to go back um, on Mondays and try to f- figure it out because, frankly, I don't have the time. And so um, if I don't get contributions, I just won't be able to do injury news. So if you like that service and like it, I need y'all to kind of help and pitch in. And uh, whenever y'all see something, uh, let me know. So I uh, really appreciate it if y'all do that. And that way we'll have a, a great resource for everybody uh, going forward. Um, so what news is out there? Well, uh, Zach Steffen, I think, is one of the big uh, headlines. Uh, underwent a successful knee procedure, has already been declared out for this weekend's match against RSL. Uh, no real timetable uh, given there. I would expect him to miss a little bit of time, but I guess we'll see how bad it actually is. Uh, other big injury news is David Villa came off uh, early. We mentioned him having uh, only a one-point game earlier. Uh, they put at least a, a one- to two-week timetable, so he's definitely out this week against Chicago. May or may not miss the July 8th uh, Hudson River Derby against New York Red Bulls. We'll see. It didn't seem too serious. He walked off field off his own power, but um, that that's the timetable they've given, which, hey, they actually gave a timetable, so I'm appreciative of it. All right. Red cards. Um, almost half the league got a red card this week. Uh, let's see. Alexander for Houston. Uh, Ibarra for Minnesota. Um Let's see. Do, do, do. Ziegler for FC Dallas. Uh, Reyna for Vancouver. Royer and, uh, for New York Red Bulls. And Aha again for uh, Vancouver. Um, some other things. Uh, Adi picked up a knock in training this week, and that's why he missed the 18. Um, Ridgewell also missed the 18, but was unavailable match for personal reasons. I think that's a, having a baby. Um and in fact, yeah, that, that's that's who that's who is having a baby this week. I was trying to remember who had a baby this week, and it was Ridgewell. Um, uh, FC Dallas. Another one is uh, Ned Nedlakov. Is that how you all say that? Uh, anyway, I don't want to say it anymore because he transferred out of the league. So um, you know, he's a good switcheroo keeperu option because he cannot play. Um, uh, Majuninin had a two-game suspension, so he'll also mix miss next week as well. Uh, Taylor Kemp has been declared out for the seat for the season. Uh, he hasn't played anyway. Um, so no real surprise there. Um, also just kind of in world cup, I'm talking about it for fantasy perspective, pretty much everyone except for Mexico has for MLS teams has been eliminated like Panama and Costa Rica. Um, so they'll be available starting uh, next week and we'll see what happens to, to Mexico. Uh, although right now they're favored to go forward. So, Pretty much most of your World Cup international contingent is going to be back for next week, except for maybe Mexico. And that's all the injury news. Uh, Mike, a couple of updates. Uh, Beasler looks like he's going to be out for a couple of more weeks. Um, Amor was a coach's decision not to play, not to dress. That's why we saw Graham Smith this weekend. Um, I'm hearing Amor may have skipped practice to watch a World Cup match. I can't quite remember where he's from, so he may have been watching his his country play. Um, there is some speculation on that. Some of it's just that Vermes doesn't like to play the young guys week in and week out if he can help it. 
just for mental fatigue. So don't know what's going on there. Uh, Stefan went through um, meniscus surgery today. Timetable, I guess, is going to be listed as questionable for the next four weeks. Um, there has been talk that certain, some players, I think TJ Barrett was one of them that came back, had the surgery one week and was back that following weekend. Um, others, doctors have told um, non-soccer players four-week recovery time. So that's kind of the timetable I've heard on Stefan. And Amor is an Argentinian. So, uh, ouch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Thank you so much for that injury report. Uh, now we're going to move on to our round 18 preview. Uh, we're going to do a lightning preview, I hope, for some of these things. Uh, so, Mike, Minnesota versus Dallas. Oh, uh, no, 1 1. Don't pick any fantasy players from this. Dallas hasn't been good on the road. Uh, it's turf. Samar Diaz probably won't play. Uh, we saw this past week, even though they were up a man for 60 minutes, they were terrible. Um, I mean, Minnesota's bad, but um, I, I don't see anyone that you could depend on. So, no. Blaine, Seattle versus Portland. Um, Seattle's been that bad. This is a Cascadia matchup. Um, Portland's playing well, flying high right now. I expect Portland to come in and boss this game. Um, we talked about him. Chara has been really dominating the midfield. I think he's going to do that and really be able to disrupt anything Seattle's got. I'm going to go with uh, 2-0 Portland on the road. Uh, Valeri and maybe Blanco are the two guys I'm looking at for this one. All right, Mike, moving down to Atlanta versus Orlando. Your fantasy team should look like the MLS all-star team. Uh, Atlanta <laughs> couldn't, excuse me, Orlando couldn't beat Montreal in two straight weeks. They don't have a head coach. They are terrible. Um, I mean, I know this is sort of a rivalry game, but I, I can't imagine Atlanta doing anything worse than like a, Two nothing, three nothing victory. Um, you know, I, I just don't see Orlando having it together. So uh, Martinez, Almiron, all your standards. Um, throw Guzan and you know L- LGP or whoever you want for from the defense um, for Atlanta. I, I I think they're pretty much all good uh, unless Orlando actually shows something. I I don't have any trust in them. And Atlanta at home, yeah. Um, so yeah, like three nothing or Atlanta. Load up on Atlanta players. Blaine, Montreal versus your Sporting Kansas City. Oh, this um, is like the Blaine Riffle Derby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'll give respect to both my clubs here. Um, no, I think respect them both. Uh, okay. Um, sport, <laughs> sporting is very weak on the counter. I think that's the one vulnerability this defense has really shown. And if you can exploit them with a little bit of speed, you can get through. Um, they are a little injury or injury riddled right now. Uh, Amor or Smith could have trouble with um, Piatti coming at them. So I don't expect a clean sheet in this one. I do think sporting's the better team going into this one. I'm looking at a two, one sporting win on the road, but I don't believe they keep the clean sheet here. Um, really the only guy I'm looking at in this one is probably shallowy as a bench option. I hate taking sporting defense when I don't think they're going to get the clean sheet. I know zeusy has been good, but I just don't know that the style is going to work out for him. Mike Columbus versus RSL. Uh, I think this is a real good opportunity for Columbus. Uh, we saw in this past week, uh, RSL put out, um, Oh shoot. I'm forgetting. It's Beckerman and whoever else, the new defensive midfielder that they have that just doesn't have any speed. Uh, if you listen to Matt Doyle or listen to his podcast, um, you know that whenever they put them out, they're really slow on the counter. 
um, and, and don't have the speed to keep up in transition. I, I think that's a great opportunity for Higuain and Zardes this week. Uh, even though Stefan is out and that's kind of hurt their defensive capability, uh, I still think RSL on the road, especially with Plata's injury situation uh, not being settled, um, is a great opportunity. So I think um, Higuain, um, Zardes, and you know, someone like Abu Bakar, Valenzuela, uh, are really good shouts uh, this week. I, I think this is a 2 nothing, maybe a 2-1 uh, victory for Columbus. Um, good value on both sides of the ball. Blaine, New England versus D.C. Yeah, if it weren't for a couple of other games, they'd say load up on New England here just to make sure you get the coverage. As Jordan said, sometimes it's better to grab multiple players just to make sure you get it right. And that's the way I start with this one. I really want to try to find a way to fit Bunbury, Fagundes, and Pania in my lineup. Pania is probably going to get dropped just because of the way the week shakes out, and Fagundes may go down as well. But I, I just don't trust the D.C. defense on the road and on turf. I'm expecting a 3-1 game here. And as I've been saying kind of all season, the more D.C. plays together, the more potent their offense is. And I think New England is suspect to the way this D.C. attack is going to come at them. So normally I would pick this one as a clean sheet seeing it's DC, but I give DC the credit and just call it a three, one game. They have had a tendency to even on, on uh, some of those uh, road games that didn't look as much in their favor to get something through. Yeah. If it wasn't on new England's turf, I would probably be calling this the three, two game, but knowing how their turf plays, I think that's going to slow down DC. Um, if this was on a grass field, I would be picking a three, two scoreline for this. All right, fair enough. Mike, Chicago versus your New York City FC. Yeah, this will be interesting. <coughs> um, this will be Dome's first uh, full week of training with the with the club, uh, and B is going to be out. Um, I don't think that's going to slow New York City. Um, if anything, I think it may free up some of your other guys, like um, Jonathan Lewis, if, if he plays, Burgett, uh, Medina. Um, we'll see who uh, Dome gives a start to. Um, could free him up. Um, to, to score since they're not quite as worried about always getting the ball to David Villa. Um, Chicago has been playing interesting uh, defensive, but I think eventually against these good teams, it tends to break down uh, even at home. So um, I, I definitely see New York city being able to get a result in this one. Um, it's probably like a one, one draw or two, one victory for New York city. Um, I don't think um, Chicago's attack is dynamic enough to cause New York city a whole lot of trouble. Um, so I, I think there's, I mean, generally, I think you're staying away from this game unless you're brave enough to take New York City players on the road. Um, so I would probably have them in auto route type situations here. Um, but definitely something to kind of keep in mind of. Um, I mean, the, the bad thing about this, and we haven't talked about this week in general, but there's a lot of games that all kick off at the same time. Um, so you don't have a whole lot of switcheroo, auto route, um, stuff to play around in. But, you know, if you're not convinced about um, any of the earlier games, these might be some good players to put in those auto route slots. Blaine, LAFC versus Philadelphia. Well, LA is coming off of a 2-0 win at home against Columbus, who's got a much better defense and what I would consider a more potent attack. So, I mean, I've got to go with at least a 2-0 scoreline for LAFC against New, uh, Philadelphia, uh, possibly even a 3-0. I just expect them to come in and control this game like they did the last one. I think this is an even better matchup for them. Um, without Vela there, you've got a wealth of options to pick from. Uh, Diamande has been has come on really strong, um, Been missed out on him in the draft league, and he has been cleaning house for a couple of guys. 
Um, and then uh, Simon, if you're looking for some defensive options, I think this could be one of your clean sheet chances. So maybe look at a couple other guys as well. And then pick your other attacking options. I mean, Lee Wynn, Blessing, Fellhaber, Rossi, they all look really good right now with this attack. Um, any one of them can uh, can help grab an assist, grab a goal. So Diamond is probably my really only like lock for my roster this week as, a, as an auto reroll. And then the rest of them are kind of up in the air, and we'll see what happens. All right, Mike, San Jose versus LA Galaxy. This is going to be a really interesting one. Um, I mean, we've seen LA struggle overall, but they've had some really good fantasy um, potential. Uh, I mean, I talked earlier about Zlatan, um, and I mean, San Jose has just not been good. They haven't been getting it together, uh, even though they were able to squeak out a draw against RSL. Uh, even at home, uh, I don't have a whole lot of confidence in them. So actually, I'm looking at a whole lot of Galaxy players uh, this week. Um Zlatan obviously has a high potential. Uh, Alessandrini is also pretty good. Um, we don't, haven't talked a whole lot about him. Um, but, I mean, he got 13 points in his last – I'm sorry. That's not his last week. But, I mean, he's been probably pretty consistent when he's played against bad teams. Last time out against the Quakes, uh, he got 11 points. Um, you know, in his last five, he's also put up a 13 and a 6 against Dallas. His lows are 4 and 3. So he's a pretty good midfield option. Um, also, you can kind of plug him in there and then swap him out as part of the transfer route because it was one of the later games. Um, so I'm, I'm really look, liking uh, the LA Galaxy this week. I think it's a 2-1, maybe a 3-1 uh, victory for them uh, over their California rivals. All right. Yeah, so the as we mentioned earlier, the first game Minnesota is on Friday. Uh, everything that we've mentioned so far, Seattle through this LA game is on Saturday, and then these last two games are the Sunday games. Uh, so Blaine, Toronto versus the New York Red Bulls. Yeah, Mike hit it on the head earlier. Toronto is a giant dumpster fire right now, and other than Vasquez, I don't trust anybody on this lineup. I mean, Giovinco, I don't even know if he played last week. That's how much of a non-factor he has been on the score sheets for me. Um, I don't wa- go out of my way to watch a lot of Toronto games, and so I haven't seen it. And the Red Bulls are just kind of rolling along right now. Um, this is a road game, which makes it a little harder to pick, but it's on Sunday. So you've got a lot of your transfer options here. You've got the guy on the bench that didn't score well. you got three guys on the bench that didn't score well. Look at one of these guys. I mean, BWP or Kaku or your, even your defense here. This is a if you, if you missed your clean sheets early, this could be your spot to pick up a couple of late clean sheets and and fill out your roster. Um, I'm calling this a three-one game. I don't think Red Bulls keeps the clean sheet here, personally, but I'm known to be wrong on these. And this is, I mean, this is kind of desperation time if you're grabbing from this game for road players. Um, Use your auto or use your transfer ruse and switcheroos and grab guys here and BWP and Kaku are my two main guys. All right, and Mike, our final game: Vancouver versus Colorado. I, I would feel so much better about this game if Vancouver wasn't missing uh, two players for red cards for uh, suspensions. That said, I think Colorado is still so weak that this is a team to look at. Um, for d- defenders, I, I'm looking at Henry. Um, he's been pretty consistent. He's also pretty cheap, uh, 5.3. Um, and he started the last game. He's got six, two, and four. So he's a relatively new player, but he's getting, um, you know, a few bonus points thrown in there. Uh, and I think they've got a really good shot at a clean sheet. Uh, certainly, certainly, uh, Mernovich for, you know, goalkeeper, uh, I think is someone to use in your keeper room. Uh, also kind of like Davies and, um, 
Kai Kamara as people to think in the back of your mind as transferers or um, you know people to have in your lineup to then swap out if your auto ruse do well uh, since the very last game. Simply put, Colorado is not a very good team. Uh, we've seen what Vancouver can do at home against bad teams, and I don't think missing Aha and Reina is so bad that they will simply be unable to overcome it against a team like Colorado. So I'm thinking this is like a 2 nothing victory for uh, Vancouver. Uh, definitely a lot of potential here. So, Mike, let me jump in. You're, even though Colorado just put up three against Minnesota, two of those being against full 11, one against 10 men, you think that this Vancouver team with the absences is going to keep the clean sheet? I think it's a good shout, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, Colorado I'm on the road I don't think is as good. Uh, and I, I mean, Minnesota is its own dumpster fire. I don't think even even with the suspensions, Vancouver's defense is as bad as Minnesota's. Okay. Fair enough. All right, guys, let's move into your player picks. Blaine, keepers. Um, I've got Guzan in the starting role, and that's a transfer option to I'm not sure. Mike. Uh, I've got Turner um, in that. Uh, Guzan's probably the, my second choice there. Uh, and then, like I said, Murinovich for um, the swap. And Mike, defenders. Uh, I have Simon and Henry uh, in my starting 11, and then I have Abu Bakar and Gonzalez um, in my auto route. Blaine. I'm starting the full three, no um, transfer shenanigans here, and I'm going with Abu Bakar, Awful, and Parkhurst. Uh, all right, Blaine, midfield. Um, this is where I've got a little bit more play. I've got Almiron and Iguain as my definite starters on this one. And then I've actually got Bunbury and Shallowy on the bench. Mike. Uh, I too have Higuain and Almiron. Um, I complement it with Alessandrini and um, Fagunes on the bench. Okay, forwards, Mike. Uh, I got three up top in the starting 11 uh, Zardes, Zlatan, and Martinez. Lane. Yeah, I've got two up top and one on the bench, and that's uh, Martinez and Zardes starting, and I've got Diamandi on the bench. All right, captains. Lane. Uh, Almiron. Mike. I, I will probably switch to Almiron because that makes so much more sense, but as of right now, I put it on Sultan. And finally, clean sheet predictions. Mike. Uh. New England, Atlanta, and Vancouver. Fine. I've got Atlanta and Columbus with that uh, transfer to New York with an outside shot. All right. Thank you so much, guys, for those game breakdowns and player recommendations. Those will be available on the chalkboard uh, on Friday as we get closer to game time. Uh, let's start wrapping things up. Community time. MLS Fantasy Insider hosts league. A uh, lot of good action, a lot of close games. Uh, I am still number one, though, overall in this league after a very close win with Hickenhopper FC. Um, so that was good. I have a solid uh, first place right now with a 12-0-1, and, and uh, my closest opponent is 11-1-1. So I had, had a little loss there that gave me some breathing room. Uh, Mike, you had a great game against Ivan from uh, Fantasy Football 24-7. Yeah, and, uh, I ended up pulling out the win there. Yep, and then Blaine, you beat Ben Bear. Yeah, and I just had to double-check and make sure he actually set his lineup, and he did this week. <laughs> well, with World Cup and all, and everything going on, I don't know. Some guys take a break. 
Um, yeah, I was happy with my 85-59 win this week. It did not expect that one, but I'll take it. Uh, he still did better than Weeby, though. Uh, I had the top score of the entire league with 99 points, and the lowest points was not Weeby, so, but it was pretty close. So uh, been been a fun round right there, uh, the host league this year, so looking very glad to have some of the new additions with some of our Patreon guests, one of the perks that you can get, the Patreon guests, and uh, the other pundits that we have is always fun to talk back and forth. That's all that we have for the show tonight. Uh, let's wrap everything up with plugs. Blaine. Um, I keep trying to put out articles for MLS Fantasy Boss. I have been struggling with that. And with World Cup going on, it probably won't get any better. Um, huge shout out to my wife. She's putting up with Lily tonight. Lily is now mobile and roaming the house as she sees fit. So I'm really grateful my wife is letting me be back here with the door closed while she corrals Lily. And we are going to be starting a new little segment, maybe inter- incorporated in here. I'm going to set out two player names, three player names for captain picks every week and let Lily crawl to the one she thinks is going to be it. We'll see how she does. <laughs> Mike. Oh, well, um, last week I talked about the Catholic Nerd Podcast. I promised uh, another episode. I haven't gotten to that uh, because I forgot that um, this is a week that my wife is going uh, to New York for two weeks. Uh, and I wanted to mention that because I will be joining her at the tail end and will be in New York for the Hudson River Derby. So um, if you're in the New York area and want to meet up, I'm pretty much like roaming around New York on Friday. So I'll be more than happy to come meet you maybe at Rockefeller Center, watch one of the World Cup qualifiers on the big screen. Big screen. Um, so yeah, hit me up. Give me um, food recommendations. I always want to try new places to eat because uh, this will be my first time actually to New York. So um, really excited. So hit me up. Let me know where I should go and if I should hang out with you. So. Maybe we'll have you podcast out of Tim's studio. Well, I mean, what I what I really am going to be new, needed to do is go to MLS headquarters and find Andrew Reby and get my dang extra time radio <laughs> t-shirt. <laughs> Come to but us via the, the green. Promised them on the air that they were mailed, and I have still not gotten it. <laughs> like he he is worse than his sh- with that shirt than he is at transfers. <laughs> ouch, ouch. Mike, you just need to get up there in New York, plant yourself at a bar, and tell Weeby there's a beer on the bar for him if he brings you your shirt. No, there's a beer that he owes me. That that's like at this point, like I've had a harassment so much, like he owes me like two beers. Like there, there's no none of this. Like, or you know what? He owes me a chicken bucket at the Yankee Stadium. That's because that is definitely happening. <laughs> Keep us up to date on what happens with that. Uh, as for myself, head on over to MLS Fantasy Boss to check out all the new articles that will be coming out. Uh, I was able to get my spreadsheet fixed somewhat. Uh, and I have the form difficulty and round difficulty charts available again for round 18 in the next six rounds of uh, some of the teams right there. So if you like that chart, it is posted. Head over there and get that. Uh, and then stay tuned for all the other articles, this podcast, and and Captain's Picks that we have coming out throughout the rest of this week before Friday. Uh, big thanks to uh, DraftKings for having Jordan come over here and talk to us. A lot of fun. Uh, be sure if you skip through that, the beginning of the show head back up to the top of the show and uh, get some tips for the world cup fantasy both daily and the regular game it's uh, it's a great interview thanks so much again for joining us and thank you guys for listening good luck